to have an original gangster, a throwback to Lululemon Days, Kelly Davidson with us today. Hey, Kel. Hey, Steph. How are you? Well, I'm great, and I'm very excited for this conversation because you promised to giggle, and I mean, I think there's just uh, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago, we started at Lululemon on the same day, and life has taken you to some really cool, interesting places, and Full disclosure, um, we'll make sure there's links below of where to find Kelly, but you recently launched a new brand, a new business, and I reached out and was like, I can't wait to riff with you. And that was a few weeks ago now, and the world has changed dramatically. And by the time this podcast comes out, who knows where we'll be. And I think there's no one better to riff with than arguably one of the most positive people I know who can giggle and hype up children like no one else. And I want to hear about launching a dream and launching a dream, you know, among COVID nonetheless. So are you cool? Are we going to go there? A hundred percent. We're going to go everywhere. We'll go everywhere. So back in the day, if people remember the children's brand at Lululemon, Aviva, you were the super hype woman for that brand. And I think it's fair to say that a lot of children's lives were made better because of you. And then that ended and all of a sudden Kelly was in LA or in California. and Insert, tell us the story of what has gone on since then. So a couple things. Number one is our regional manager for the U.S. went on mat leave and the replacement leave girl lived in Del Mar, California. So I was getting off planes in Del Mar in February coming from Vancouver, Canada and like a puffy vest or even more clothing than that and changing into shorts. And I was just like, I think this is the better life. I think this is cooler. So then I would go on vacation to California or I would hang out, save up money to be able to go for a weekend and things like that. And then I was like, let's flip this one. Like, why are we, why am I in Vancouver saving up for a weekend when I could just live there and that could be my life? So I started looking at ways to make that happen and I did. Holy smoke. So you made it happen. <laughs> now, to be clear, you are a Canadian yes. and you found your way to live in the U.S. Is that complicated? Well, yes and no. Have you heard the Walt Disney quote, it's kind of fun to do the impossible? I haven't, but I love that you just quoted Walt Disney. That is so <laughs> it's, it's a good quote. It is kind of fun to look at something and go, okay, so here are the things that would need to happen for this to be a possibility for me. So there are a bunch of visas. It's a whole bunch of work. Part of it is finding a company that needs the skill set that you have. So I did that with a company called Aloha Collection which is super rad, started by a couple of Hawaiian girls. I was employee number one three and a half years ago. They just took 22 employees to Hawaii pre-COVID. So they grew really, really fast in the three years that I was there. And that was a work visa, so that ended. And the nice thing about it was it was on a timeline. I knew it was three years. So, you know, into year two, I was like, okay, I've got to do something else. And it was, I think, the third or fourth brand that I'd started at that point, And I was like, I think I should start my own. So then I started looking at next steps. Cool. And you had a dream. I mean, I'm sure you've had many ideas, but how did Farewell come to be? And how did it become the idea that you chose to go all in on? 
So to be honest, Farewell actually started from kind of a negative place. I was having anxiety about two things. One was the earth, which I think it's fair to have anxiety about. Well, I think, I mean, obviously any feeling you have is fair, but I think it's common. And the other was obesity. And that came from both working with kids and I think moving from Canada to the U.S. So I was like really seeing a lot of like Costco shoppers and things that I didn't see that much living. I lived in a really cute, really fit neighborhood in Canada. And I, you know, body types are are different down here. Healthcare is different down here. So anyway, I was trying to think of ways that I could inspire people to eat more whole foods and to prepare their own food and also to celebrate the ritual of meal prep Mm -hmm. and to realize how easy it is to actually peel and chop a carrot Mm -hmm. and things like that. I personally will tell you that I, when I was a young executive, I used to eat a lot of Starbucks food and a lot of pre-prepared things. And I think it all kind of came together with the concept of wanting to work in a company that celebrated and promoted meal prep. So I was like, okay, how are we going to inspire people? How are we going to get some change going? Oh, and the other big thing I did was I toured the food bank here is amazing. It's like run by a really cool guy. And he works in Sacramento, which is the capital of California and is like on the food bank. Uh, We can fact check and Google this, but I think he's like on the food bank board or something like that. So they have a ton of really cool programs. And I've worked with a lot of schools that need help. Mm volunteering with Girls Inc. and some other things where you see kids that need food. Mm. So I knew I wanted to work in food. I knew I wanted to inspire people to be healthy. And I just happened to have three years experience on production and logistics and management of an accessories company. So lunch bags just made sense. So you've launched lunch bags and what makes these lunch bags special? Well, what doesn't? (laughs) Really, they're the best product in the world. They're BPA-free, they're vegan, they're super, super high quality. They have a cutting board in them. So if you take your lunch to work or the beach or whatever, you can like chop an avocado and like add it to your salad in the moment so it doesn't go mushy. They're just like really designed with intention, which is something I think we both learned at Lululemon. Yeah. It's just a really high quality product that we put a lot of time into. Mm. Um, It also has like a really cool little utensil set in a neoprene case. So you can use your own utensils and stuff like that. Yeah. And did you do any research into the lunch bag market? Was this like a thing? And I feel like you've really taken something that I wouldn't have otherwise known. I mean, I feel like in Vancouver back in the day, the small totes, the small shoppers at Lululemon were everyone's lunch bag and that was it. But they certainly didn't come with utensils and there was no cutting board. Yeah, I did a lot of research. I looked at companies that are blowing up in the water bottle industry that are doing insulated high-end, high-quality and high-value. So, you, you know, water bottles used to kind of be, I think, between... 10 to $20. And now it's easy to pay 40 mm. for a really good hydro flask or something like that. So I looked at that industry as inspiration a lot because I think it's the same customer. Mm. And I looked at who's out there, of course, in this industry. And I have a lot of like products that I'm also developing, as you can imagine, that have insulation. So like a hiking backpack with like a small insulated pocket for your snack and things like that. But I think the BPA free and the safe insulation was the biggest seller for me because it's less waste. Like you can take a cut apple to work or wherever you're going and not need to put anything else around it. Mm. I think there's there's like a safety 
that comes with using really high, high quality fabrics. Right. And tell me about the entrepreneurial journey. You're all of five months, six months in post-launch and the world is crazy. You're in California. How's it going? Yeah, we're sitting on a lot of bags. Okay. We need to so one of the things that I haven't fully explained is that to get a foreign investment visa to move down here, I had to invest basically all the money I made at Aloha. So I'm in it for real. My ass is on the line, which I think is the best way to be anyway. Hmm. I don't think that I would want to be down here trying to make a life without having some, you know, responsibility physically and okay. and mentally and everything. Okay. So we are sitting on quite a few pieces of product yeah. and I believe in the product. So I'm not worried about it. Right. And it's not seasonal and it won't go to style. And we're hopefully all going to be taking our lunch back to work when we're out of house arrest soon enough. Yeah, totally. Okay. So it's been high and undeniably, I mean, having worked with new brands, you know that with highs come lows and you've probably experienced them among founders and among other people that you've worked with. Have you hit the low yet? I've made some mistakes. Oh, for sure. Tell me your favorite mistake. So one mistake is, I don't even want to call it a mistake. I want to call it a learning actually. So I knew the logo that I wanted. I knew I wanted to be a lifeguard tower before I knew the name of the company, before I knew a lot of other things, Mm. partially because a few friends of mine have a beach house and we always go to this one certain spot and there's a lifeguard tower. Mm. So it was like a symbol, partially because that's what you see on all the beaches here. Yeah. And it's symbolic of the good life and sunset chasing and all the stuff that I'm into doing. Just the silhouette, a simple silhouette of a lifeguard tower. And I knew I wanted it to be so simple that if you'd never been to California and you'd never seen a lifeguard, you would just think it was a cool shape. Mm. And the learning was that I spent $5,000 hiring a brand consultant guy and going to all these meetings to talk about it. And then coming out with the sketch that I went in with right. like months later. Right. So I think it was good that we did it because what if I think it validated some stuff and, and I think there was a possibility that it wasn't right or I just didn't know. Right. But you know, that $5,000 could be used on ads right now. <laughs> so just being able to think about how you're spending money and what you're spending money on. And you never know, even with, things that I know a lot about, like advertising. It's like, okay, like, do we spend it now? Do we spend it later? So I think definitely the budget stuff is probably the thing where I'm going to have the most learnings in the beginning because it's challenging. Yeah, no kidding. Am I allowed to ask if you have a team? Is this a solo venture right now? So I have a team. I have two girls that help me. Okay. So... Well, I have three. I have a cousin who's really passionate and helps for fun. I have a friend who does a bit of PR and knows everyone. So she is going to help me put it in the right hands kind of thing. And then I have another really good friend who helps me with like admin, shipping orders, things like that. Amazing. And are you going direct to consumer or is retail the goal? The goal is to be 20% retail and retail as revenue generating marketing, basically. Okay. So you see it in a store, you pick it up, you realize it's good quality, you check out the hang tag and it might take you to the website eventually. Got it. But okay. yeah, the bags retail for the whole set with the cutting board and the cutlery retails for $82. Okay. And if we sold that through retail, we'd make 41 Right on. That's so there's a big well, difference. <laughs> right. 
totally. Now, before we jumped on this call, I was like, where in the world are you? And you said, I have chosen where I live very intentionally. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So it goes back to that story of getting off the plane um, to go to these meetings and just being like, are you guys kidding me? You just wear shorts all year? Like, this is amazing. I think that something that I've learned about myself is that I am fueled by sunlight. And I love Vancouver. I love Canada for a lot of reasons. The sunlight just wasn't enough for me. When I originally moved down here, I moved to Huntington Beach because I had some family there. And then I went on a tangent and did sponsorship stuff for a music festival in Vegas, which was like, let's go live in Vegas for three months and like do crazy stuff. I was, the, the thing I'm proudest of, Steph, is that I was Quest Love's personal security for an evening. Yeah, I am cool. like at least a foot shorter than the guy. <laughs> I could hardly lift his bag, but it was really, really funny. So I hung out in Vegas. I hung out in Huntington Beach. I hung out a lot in Del Mar because I have family there too. And then Encinitas, the town that I chose to live in, it just has the right vibe. It's young. It's definitely a surf town, but forward enough thinking. There's a lot of entrepreneurs there. It's definitely work to live, but there's a vibe around working as well. Cool. One throwback to our days of Lululemon and the joy, power, you call it, what you wish of goal setting. Was living in sunshine ever a goal? And was running a company ever a goal? 10 years ago? Oh, I have to pull out my worksheet and see what the goals were. I think there was, I flipped a switch at some point from vacationing all the time in sunshine to realizing that I choose not to plan my life around vacations anymore. Mm. I want to just live it every day. Mm. I can't really remember the exact time that goal flipped, but that was, sunshine would have been in there. Yeah. Sorry, what was the other one? Or entrepreneurship. Did you ever think that you were going to be at the helm of your own gig? Okay, so back then, I got to say, I thought I was starting companies. <laughs> I didn't get it that like, oh, like, it's my, it has to be my money and then I get to keep it at the end. Right. I think I was so into getting it going, opening stores, doing all the stuff that needed to be done. Yeah. And it felt like I owned it. Right. And I think I had some real learnings through the years when I wasn't in charge and when my opinions weren't necessarily what happened that I was like oh yeah this isn't mine right <laughs> well, I worked for a very large publicly traded company and I actually have you know I get to give my opinion which is amazing and that's it right so and then again at Aloha same kind of thing right I mean the work you did at Aloha was amazing and we're huge fans and love them dearly so good job and the people that started that are awesome totally revolutionized how I pack bags and that's amazing yeah they're fueled by adventure I think they are probably really not wanting to be home during COVID oh, they go God. away like all the time amazing so I think they're you know three out of four weeks every month they're away oh wow so they are professional travelers for sure so that's why they're so good at creating items for packing and traveling yeah they live it firsthand mm -hmm. Okay, but to that vein, when you think forward, what is your vision of Farewell? So I'm really clear on the nonprofit side, oh, and I'm really yeah. clear on a few of the products. So the nonprofit side is currently we're just giving 5% of profits to feed families in need, which is great, which is a beginning. Yes. And wouldn't it be cool if those kids that go home from school on Friday that don't know where their food's going to come from on the weekend could come to an event on Friday afternoons 
and fill their little Tupperwares and containers with stuff prepared by their community and take it home and that could be their meals. And I listened on NPR and I don't remember the person's name to a congressman who was talking about how people that don't look alike should dine together and should be together, especially in the US because they have some race stuff going on down here. So I have this whole vision of different people that look different, preparing food together, getting to know each other, getting to know kids, kids picking up and filling their meal bags for the weekend. And those kids getting to know those adults and the adults getting them internships later and building relationships and, and getting to know each other. And then all the kids, like everybody working together. So the non-for-profit side is like so clear in my head. I can picture the event. It's like on the school field, on tables, on Friday afternoons. And the kids take home healthy, homemade, or like made by real people prepped food in their farewell bags. And the products I can see really clearly, like there's going to be a weekender bag and then it's going to be too small for some voters and there's going to be a long weekender. There's going to be a backpack. There's, I can see all that. I don't know like what the office is going to look like or how big the team's going to be or some of those things. Yeah. But I can also hire specialists like yourself to help me with those things. <laughs> Uh, I just love an entrepreneur who's crazy enough to see something in the world that doesn't exist and is willing to put their heart and soul on the line to bring it to life. And we always say that, you know, heartbeats matter, and of course, and that, you know, I, the people on your team are almost secondary when you know the purpose of what your team will be doing and the rest will all come together. I feel like I just see kids like flocking just like you've done at Aviva, just like you do wherever you go, these people will be so pumped for Friday afternoon. And if COVID is teaching us anything, it's the power of community and the power of somebody just giving a shit. And you're doing it. And that's so rad. Thank you. Yeah, I have a really good life. <laughs> well, you have a great life because you're clearly giving so much and you've chosen to put your ass on the line in California. And Heck, I never want a mushy avocado in my salad. I need a lunch bag. <laughs> there's, there's something there. I hate to do this. We run out of time. It happens all the time. And we'll ensure there's links. People will know how to buy bags. I don't know if we can buy things across the border right now. So let's just make sure that we're following those rules. But I assume we can buy direct from you. And we'll have all of those links. And we'll be following and cheering and can't wait to... Yeah, literally see kids run across fields on Friday afternoon and fill their lunch bags for the weekend. So thank you for the work you're doing. The last question we have to wrap is what is currently making your heart beat faster, Kel? The thing that's making my heart beat faster is the idea of somebody who thinks that they don't know how to cook or just goes to Starbucks and gets pre-made stuff, spending 15 minutes peeling and chopping a carrot and giving themselves that self-love. Mm. You really love your carrots, eh, girl? <laughs> yeah, I love a lot of things, but I think the carrots have become a symbol, for sure. I love it. Carrots and lunch bags. Thank you for your time. More soon, and uh, don't stop. Thank you so much. So good to talk to you. <laughs> you too.